what up, what up? Welcome back to the greatest combat sports and culture show in the universe. The Fight Podcast. This is episode 165, and I am the Underground King, your host, Serge Vicente. And today, you know what it is. It is Friday. What day is Friday? What day is the weekend? It is the day before all the amazing fights. Unfortunately, this weekend, there are not that many fights, but the heavyweight championship of the world is up. The American champion, Deontay, the bronze bomber, Wilder, is having a rematch against Luis Ortiz at the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. One of the most epic um, backdrops for boxing in history, man. Some of the biggest fights I remember growing up, man. Turn on HBO. We're not turning on HBO. Going to somebody's house who had some kind of weird stolen box that we sit down and watch stolen fights. Man, that's how we did it. It was a good time. But uh, <laughs> um, but still, man, I remember just it, that to me was the mecca of boxing. And uh, to have a heavyweight title fight at that arena, it's a big deal, man. So I can't wait for that fight this weekend and you know what it is it's our all boxing all the time today i am joined once again by my friend my boy the guru himself our boxing analyst brandon camille he's gonna join me today uh and all in all man we're gonna have a good time we're gonna talk about a number of different things on the menu on the menu for today we're gonna go ahead and discuss kaepernick the situation that's going on with there, all the fights that have been happening in the NFL, Miles Garrett, etc. A little bit of basketball because it's fun, a little bit of hip hop, and then a whole lot of boxing, man. So um, before we get to the conversation with Brandon Camille, remember the Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats Chicago. Sage Eats is a healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. If you are in the Chicagoland area, you want healthy meals. Sage Eats will cook them and deliver them directly to your home or office. No hassle, no box with a whole bunch of dented ingredients in it. Full cooked meals prepared specifically for you by a chef. Sage Eats Chicago. And if you're not in Chicago, that's okay. Sage Eats still has something for you. Sage Eats has fitness, mentoring, and nutrition consultations. Check them out today at www.sageeatchicago.com. That is sageeatchicago.com. Hit them up today. Follow them everywhere on all social media platforms at Sage Eats Chicago. Also, tell your friends. Let everybody know about the greatest combat sports and culture show in the universe, The Fight Podcast, man. Everywhere podcasting is available. Apple, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. We have our website, thefightpodcast.com. Like I said, let us know. We're getting close to the holidays. We can have merch for you. Also, follow the boy at Serge Vicente. All right, without further ado... Enjoy my conversation with the man, the myth, the legend, the guru, Brandon Camille. Brandon Camille, Brandon Camille, Brandon Camille, brother, how are you doing today? What it do? How's everything, man? Man, yo, 
First and foremost, man, thank you as always for joining me on the greatest combat sports and culture show in the universe. Coming out here, joining my, my, my boxing analyst, my boxing expert, my boxing guru, Brandon Camille. Bro, how you feel? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Happy to be back here talking to the underground king yeah. himself. Yeah. Hey, man, tell him again, man. We can't let him forget. The underground king himself, is, Mr. Man. Sergio and, Vicente. And that comes from the guru. You hear that? So, my, my mans, how you living, man? How, how's guru, everything going in with that? We going with that, the guru? I, I, the, I like that. No, no, you're the guru, fam. Okay. You That's know, what we do, man. I, I don't know. I, I, I felt like it flowed. It, it felt natural. I'll, t- I'll take that because it, it was natural. You, know, you ain't <laughs> think about it. You just flowed the guru. That's what it's going to be. Yo, it's the guru, man. So, look, guru's joining us once again. Um, yeah, man, hope everything is treating you well up there in Boston. You know, I, I, I hear things are going on with your football team. I will tell you this. Your, your. I, I, I'll tell you this. Define your. Beantown's basketball team, the Celtics, is looking really good right now. Yeah, they're not messing around. Celtics but are I mean, solid. Bro, it's so early in the basketball season. I don't really lean much into anything you know it's You're worse with the nfl right. with there only being 16 games like the narratives that you get after week one in the nfl are absolutely crazy and by you know week 16 17 they don't even matter but basketball i mean it's a very long season and we know nothing matters right now it, it really doesn't that's people true. get that, hurt that's true but you know what i will say man i i think you guys are better off without kyrie irving stop saying you guys i am unfortunately and i will claim it on this podcast podcast just to show you how loyal i am i am a knicks man yo come on man that's the second best team in that city <laughs> look it's been my squad since day one that will continue to be my Damn, squad you know what man uh, I, as I fucking battered and bruised shit. of a fan that i am you know battered women tend to go back and i Yeesh. still uh find myself a knicks fan you know what man coming from a lifetime cubs fan i thoroughly understand yeah, I mean, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum there because I'm a lifetime Yankees fan. You, you see what I'm saying? And, and then and again, I'm a lifetime Bulls fan. So, hey, I had my run. It's all yeah, good. The- it's all good. We've all had our runs. Um, Boston, honestly, they look good. My Lakers look fucking great right now. My Bulls, you know what? We got some bright spots, man. That rookie kid is super decent. So uh, we got some promise for the young future, man. But uh, but no, nah, dude, everything, every, everything is everything. Other sports, before we jump into all the fun, anything that you, like I said, that's been out there in the ether that you want to talk about? Well, so... I know we mentioned we wanted to bring up Cap, but uh, yes. before getting there, because we will get there, it's going to be a little bit of a curveball. Have you followed the Miles Garrett situation? I have. Thoughts? All right. So I want to preface my statement by saying this. No, you shouldn't hit nobody in the head with a helmet, right? Don't swing a helmet. But let's not and – I, and I will say, him getting a year, I will say I believe is a little excessive. reason I believe is a little excessive is that during the play, and if you watch the play, Miles Garrett makes the hit. At first, I thought it was a little longer than it should have been. But no, he was just trying to complete the play. He didn't know where the ball was. He made a, a play. Takes the quarterback down. Now, when he was on the ground – 
the quarterback, Rudolph or whatever his name is, starts trying to take his helmet off. Little did he know he wasn't as strong or as big as Miles Garrett was. So after Miles Garrett shook him off, he ripped his helmet off in return. Now, when that was after that happened, my Pouncey and the other linemen were pretty much separating Miles Garrett from the situation. And then out of nowhere, here comes Rudolph running back in the mix to get because he felt spicy. He he thought everything was good. So afterwards, what happens? He gets bopped in the head. Boom, home run. <laughs> home run. 1000%. And then he throws his arms up like, "Oh my god, what happened? Look." So I, this, to me, was what happens when white privilege goes wrong for Rudolph. You thought it was going to be sweet and you got busted in the head. I'm upset that Rudolph did not get suspended himself. He should have. This None of this would have happened if he did not instigate the situation. In terms of it being a year suspension, look, people, let's look at the results. What happened? Is anybody seriously injured? No. Man, relax. My biggest issue here until today, because today I backed off my my stance just a little bit. I always felt that Miles Garrett should be disciplined for what happened. Um, he didn't get a year. He got the rest of the season, including the playoffs. It's an it's actually an indefinite suspension. So my understanding is that he'll have to apply for reinstatement to the NFL. My thing is that I always felt as though whatever Miles Garrett got that Mason Rudolph should get at least half. So if Miles Garrett is going to get I six games, that motion. Then, then Mason Rudolph should get three games Robert because he fully instigated that st- situation. And he failed getting getting Miles Garrett helmet off, but that doesn't take away the exactly. fact that he attempted to take his helmet off. He 1,000% attempted to take that man's helmet off, and that's what happens when you try to be... Again, you know how they say it's it's not the fight and the, the size of the dog in the fight, but the size of the bite in the dog or whatever bullshit that is? That fucker realized that it's the damn size of the dog. Yeah, Miles Garrett is not a small motherfucker. He is a first-round pick, a you know top-tier defensive player in the league. So... I don't know why he thought he was going to go mess around with him, but he attempted. He actually got his helmet halfway off. Yes. But, you know, but he failed because Miles Garrett is a bigger guy. Miles Garrett gets his helmet off. Then this is the piece that I really don't like. Miles Garrett gets held back by two of Mason Rudolph's offensive linemen. The only reason that Mason Rudolph felt like he could charge over there is because they were I got holding the him back. Yeah. I got the bro with me. Ain't nothing going to happen to me. Because Miles Garrett wasn't swinging a helmet at the offensive lineman. No, he, he only wasn't. swung the helmet once Mason Rudolph charged at him. And now, you know, I might have people argue that with me at work or whatever, like saying, oh, well, Miles, you know, Mason Rudolph, he didn't he didn't swing. So why is he being disciplined? I was like, well, really? Does him not running for the... He said he was about that action. And he ran up there like he was about that action until he got hit in the face with a helmet. I just need to know, is your energy the same when black people getting killed by cops? Yeesh. Ain't doing nothing. Yeesh. Is your energy the same? Talk that talk. Talk that talk, guru. Talk that talk. I just really feel like, and, and so my issue, as soon as it happens, I text him to my group me. I'm like, bro, 
I fuck. I was mad in advance because I knew it was coming. I said, I hate the narrative they about to build around Miles Garrett as this big, scary black man. That's that exactly what they did, boy. too. And by the, by the morning, it was there. And I was annoyed. And you know what's wild? The only person who is defending Miles Garrett in this entire thing, Max Kellerman. Max Kellerman. Max Kellerman comes to the aid. Yo, Max Kellerman's a legit ally. Yeah, you can't argue that. He's a legit ally. Look, he might not be able to rap that well, but he still Wait. tried it. Yeah. He yeah. still tried it, and I appreciate that, man. But you know what? Steve, speaking I think of that's football, not even the only time Miles, it, uh, Max Kellerman came to our defense. Yo, and again, speaking of football, and speaking of Max coming to people's defense, um, and I feel like we, hey, we've been, hey, this is the fight podcast, and we are talking about all of the fights. There was a fight in football. Now we're talking about a different type of fight. And that fight, it was with Colin Kaepernick in the NFL. And I know a lot of us have actually heard about what happened. Uh, last Wednesday, Colin Kaepernick and his team were let known that they were getting a tryout um, where all, at least 25 teams, they said we're going to end up showing up. It was going to be in Atlanta. It was going to be, um, you know, a trial specifically for him, something that the NFL NFL has never done done a, pretty much a combine strictly for one individual. Um, the day of the event ends up ha- coming to fruition. Um, both sides cannot come to an agreement. Colin Kaepernick ends up doing the try the, the tryout essentially at a high school like an hour or so away. Um, only eight people showed up as opposed to 25 that would have been there. And people are going back and forth. I've heard both sides of the story um, before I start my little soliloquy and how I feel about it. Fam, we've been we've gone back and forth about this behind the scenes. Um, I think we both agree and we're both on the side of Kaepernick, especially with his original argument in terms of bringing light police brutality and injustice towards black and brown folks in this country. Yes, we're both on the same page with that, right? Yeah. Oh, cool. And everything that Kaepernick has done in terms of what he has done for that specific cause and criminal justice and, you know, things like that. We both we're on his page with that. Yes. Yes, sir. Okay, and the reason that he was originally kneeling, we both agree, was, and we, you know, we we both agree it was for that specific reason, and we both agree that the NFL was blackballing him, yes? Yes. Okay, cool. Now, with that all being said, go ahead, let me know how you feel about this situation. So, the NFL wants nothing more to con- then to control the narrative around this whole Colin Kaepernick situation right which from my perspective has been a PR nightmare for the NFL over the last few seasons Colin Kaepernick settled his collusion suit against right. the NFL part of that settlement is that we will never know about the settlement Hey, Colin Kaepernick cannot speak about the settlement. Now, no, let me ask you this. Was that actually a stipulation in that contract? Do we know that? Yes, I I believe that is fact. So, so he is not allowed to speak about this. He wasn't allowed at all, right? 
the collusion settlement. Okay, cool. The, the, so the collusion case. Yeah, and we don't know how many we don't know how many M's he got, but we know he got at least twenty. Yeah. I don't know anything. They said it was two years of back pay. So it had to be no. roughly twenty. Okay, so we don't know. So continue. So go ahead. My bad. So my my understanding is that there was, you know, they they settled their their collusion lawsuit and the NFL sealed it. Part of their settlement was that they could not speak about it. That allows the NFL to, you know, they don't have to say much, but they do get to control the narrative there. And I fully feel like the NFL controls the narrative through the media. So Colin Kaepernick, knowing this, did not want to go into a workout that was closed to the public. He wants transparency because he doesn't want the NFL to just be able to control that narrative. So when he couldn't negotiate with the NFL over the waiver that he was expected to sign, he moved the workout. He moved the, he moved the workout to a facility that apparently wasn't as close. Um, and, it, you know, it, it, it apparently it, hap- it all happened pretty quickly. And, you know, about a, a third of the teams that were supposed to initially show up showed. However, we got the workout live streamed to YouTube. We did get to see clips of the workout and we can watch the entire thing if we want to. So we actually got to see what Colin Kaepernick looks like compared to some of the trash that is being uh, that are being signed or that have jobs in the NFL today. That works in Kaepernick's favor because Colin Kaepernick could go in there. They could once he goes in there, they could say whatever they want. He was trash, but we'll never know if we don't see. But now, because there was transparency, Colin Kaepernick can make his case and tell everyone that, hey, I'm ready. I'm still in NF in, in football shape. And here's the, the tape to show. There's, I mean, I, I don't see why the NFL needed that to be closed off to the media when they made it such a big deal that Colin Kaepernick was getting a workout in the first place. Okay. So that's where you stand with this. I'm still supporting Cap here. Okay. So I looked at this in a couple different ways, right? One way is from, I'm a business owner. You know what I'm saying? I'm a business owner. And, um, and you know what? Let's take a quick break. We're going to pay some bills. We're going to come right back. I hope you're enjoying my conversation with Brandon Camille. Remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Check out Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Again, that is sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 10% off of your first three months. All right, with that being said, Let's jump right back into the action. Yeah. Sorry about that, but we're back. We're back with the guru, Brandon Camille, brother. How you living? No, I'm, I'm good, man. It's on you sharing your Colin Kaepernick takes. All right, well, check it out, man. This is one thing I definitely got to say about this whole situation, right? Do you hear me okay? Yeah. All right. So the thing about it is this. I look, Like I said, I look at it two, way, two ways. As a business owner, Yo, I'm pissed, right? Regardless on the case, regardless of everything else, I have a job. And I'm the the NFL isn't isn't essentially going out there and 
you know, having audition for Colin Kaepernick. He, they're all, he, he wants to he wants to play with them. They don't want to play with him. There's a difference. So the fact that we give you an opportunity and you just don't show up, how why how is he doing himself any service? That's one way I look at it. Like I don't see how they they're giving you an opportunity to shine. You say you want to play with them. But then you're going to go ahead and turn around and essentially be like, yo, fuck you guys. I'm not showing up. Because here's the thing. When you really look at it, think about this. This motherfucker had the information on Wednesday. He and his team and everybody realized what was happening. They saw it. This shit was coming in on Wednesday, right? So they waited until right before the event, two hours beforehand to say, yo, we don't like this contract. We don't like this waiver. And since we don't like this, we're moving this entire thing. And that's for me, I looked at it. I'm like, well, fam, if this is what you wanted, if you wanted to go ahead and work with this league right on Wednesday, when you got that, you and your team would have said, okay. Let's go ahead and make this work. Hey, guys, we don't like X, Y, and Z. This is how negotiations work. We don't like this. Let's change this. Let's fix this so that we can work together. Right? Yes or no? Isn't that how shit usually supposed to go down? Correct. Okay. So the fact that they didn't do that leads me to believe that this motherfucker's playing a game. Now, do I agree with there's, there's a lack of trust? Do I agree with Colin Kaepernick not feeling comfortable enough to sit there and actually say, all right, man, you, you're right. You're like you said, like, I don't think he's comfortable to say, I'm just going to trust these guys blindly. Right. But like, how do you anticipate to actually work with this organization if, again, they're doing something for you that they've never done in the history of the league for anybody and everybody who is involved pretty much says, yes, this was a dog and pony show. They did this shit in Black City for a fucking reason. And since they did this shit of the fucking thing for a reason, there was somebody that was actually going to pick him up. By this point in time, he would have been on a team. And and to me, I'm like, dude, you dropped the fucking ball. Because if you actually want to play, which leads me to my (laughs) next point, and realistically, I don't think my man actually really wants to play. Because if you actually really wanted to play, you would have said, all right, let's make this work. And you would have went out there and got busy. And he chose not to do that. You're acting like he just blew them off and didn't work out. Colin Kaepernick worked out. Let me ask you a question. No, no, for real. Let me ask you a question. At your job, when you were interviewing for your current job, if you went out there, you had your meeting set up. And two hours before the thing that you had with your current employer, you were like, nah, fuck that. I'm going over here and I'm going to do this over here. What would your current employer have said? Oh, They would have said, suck my dick. That's what the fuck they would have said. Yeah, but we're not talking about my current employer. And my current and, employer no, doesn't we're have to, they were does talking not, about the My current employer does not have the history with country. me. We're talking about a multi-billion dollar industry. That is a business just like your job is a business. They are employees. That well, that's just where it is. There's historical context that has to be taken into consideration here cuz the historical con- the his- the issues that Colin Kaepernick has had with the NFL. I, understand. I do not have I, it in my job. I thoroughly understand that. Let's, let's stop playing on my job. They might be listening. <laughs> Nigga. 
I work for myself. Uh, <laughs> uh, my, my bad. I know you can't relate. <laughs> so, again, man, I look at it. I, I think it, it's egg on both of their faces. I think the NFL fucked up. I think um, Colin Kaepernick and his team really, really dropped the ball as well. Um, I think this is a situation where there's two parties that truly just don't want to be together. Um and that's fine. I think Colin Kaepernick is bigger than football. Because at the end of the day, again, that's why I preface all this entire thing by saying, yo, what is it that this whole thing, does this whole protest was about? Was it about this motherfucker getting a job? Or was it about, you know, you know uh, police brutality against our community? I'm here for that conversation. I am with Cap when it comes to that. But in terms of him, because he didn't show up and he, this is nasty. This is nasty on all accounts. Fam, this is, like, I hate the NFL. You know I don't watch the top four MVP candidates this year, black quarterbacks. let's, Let's call a spade a spade. Let's call a buck a buck. That's what the fuck it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, he dropped the ball. I don't think he dropped the ball. Dude, I don't, I don't think he wants to play. We and saw that okay. he's we saw that he's, he's in football shape. Football we, saw, we saw that he's in football shape. That means that what he's training. That, so how, Nigga, that means shape. that he is training. So how can you say that he doesn't want to play? You know why? Because his actions showed it. The fact that it, the matter is this. Again, would I have trusted the NFL? No, of course not. But you could have done a better job of doing so. You could have went out there and in, with your lawyers and your team, which you have a big one, you could have gone out there and essentially said, yo, once you got the contract on Wednesday, you could have looked at it and said, yo, that's not, that, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not here for that. Lawyer, team, take that to the NFL, fix this. Let's negotiate something. But they chose not to do that. They chose to wait to the last fucking minute like some procrastinators. And they decided to, again, put a show on. I, I don't I don't agree with it. I don't. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I, I don't I don't agree, but I do hear where you're coming from. I, I don't know the specific details around the how the what day the contract was given and what day they countered and how that worked out. I, 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 well, literally, I didn't look, read up on it. However, I think, I hear I think we could all from. agree that nigga ain't going to work in the league no time soon. Uh, likely not, but I would love to see him back. Hey, we'll see, man. But yo. We are a combat sports and culture show. In fact, the greatest combat sports and culture show in the universe. Let's talk about some fights. And we got a big one coming. Yeah, we got a crazy one coming. Um, But before I want to get to that, man, I want to talk about a past fight. I want to talk about your boy, your boy, Kovalev. Sergey Kovalev is gone out there, and he he said a couple things that honestly I I look at and I, I thoroughly don't agree with. Right? I have to say this, man. This is your topic. I want you to you, you go ahead and break it down. Okay. So Sergey Kovalev recently, after the fight, he I believe he did an Instagram live video with some fans, and apparently he had been a bit fed up with some of the things that people had been saying regarding his loss to Canelo Alvarez. You know, Sergey Kovalev got a huge payday, the largest payday of his career, and one that likely set him up for the rest of his life. And what he was saying was essentially that the draw was, uh, the deck was always fixed against him. He tried to negotiate for a later date so he could have more rest in between his fights. At this age, the rest that he was given, the you know little 12 weeks between the two fights, was simply not enough for him. And so he was never going to be 
in the shape he needed to be in to win that fight by that date. So Canelo was always going to have the advantage. He pushed for a later date. He was denied, but he simply could not turn that fight down because of the money. So if you bet money on, on him, that's on you. You should have taken a look at what was going on. But it, that turnaround for him was absolutely impossible. And as he goes on further in his career, you know, even twice a year may not be in the cards for him anymore. He may be on a one fight a year type of schedule going forward. He just says that turnaround was too quickly. And he with that turnaround, he just it was the fight was impossible for him. Man, that excuse is so ass. That is a terrible excuse. Really? That's is the it? best he can come up with? Fam, think- take your L like a man. I, I hate, I hate when dudes do that, man. Look, if you lost, yes, there's stipulations, there are things. Um, did Canelo manipulate the situation in his team? Guess what? That's what you do. But also, did he not get the biggest payday of his career? Did, did that not happen? He's he's openly saying that. Like exactly. I got the biggest so payday him, of the career, and that's why I had to take the fight. For him to openly sit there and say that, and for him to openly sit back and acknowledge that family, you know what, man? Like for me personally, I, I, I that that shit falls on deaf ears. You end up coming off sounding, I don't know. That 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 shit's trash to me. I, I don't. And at the end of the day, for me, man, I'm just, uh, it doesn't matter. You took a loss. Um, you've been slowing down. One thing I've known about Kovalev, and I noticed this after every every loss that he has, Kovalev has some sort of excuse. There is always an excuse tied to it. Except for the Alvarez knockout. That was one that he didn't say anything. The yes, Ward he losses, did. He you know did. what he said? He, he, that's when he said he was overtrained. And he was, that's when he was like, I got to get a new trainer. And this is the first fight. Oh, I'm not overtrained. And this is the first fight. I did. So, the, so that time, the last time I was overtrained, that, that was his excuse for that fight. Well, he had been saying he was overtraining throughout his career. And he only started speaking about the overtraining issue in the build to the rematch, which I don't mind. I don't know. I mean, Kovalev is staying consistent. That's still, that's he wants still, to have. He, he, that's still excuses. That's why he, I'm not here for the Ko- Kovalev now. Well, I don't think I mean, we're denying that it's it's an excuse. It's do you think he's lying? And I actually don't think he's lying. I don't think he's lying at all. Do I think more rest would have put him up, put him in a position to win the fight? You know, probably not. But from how he feels, I feel like he's telling the truth. And, you know, he's speaking to those who placed money on him, maybe his fans. And I don't mind that level of transparency. You know, know, I think that's enough. That's trash. Also. He was leading on scorecards. No, he was down on the scorecards. Okay, he was down on the score regardless. You're not going to beat uh, Canelo in that. But if we, we, we talk about the fight in the, in the manner that when we broke it down, and we both thoroughly acknowledged that he was not bringing thump behind his punches like he normally does. He was being conservative as opposed to being assertive. And because of that... He ended up getting knocked out. He wasn't the crusher. He was some kind of pop can. I have no idea. You're the one who schooled me on the fact that fighters do need times, a time after a war. I know. Maybe and, you wouldn't, and, and, maybe I, I, you wouldn't I define that, but, I'm, but maybe maybe you wouldn't define Yard and Kovalev as a war. But he was hurt badly in that fight. I, I, my and he thing did is take this, punishment. You still took the fight. And that's my thing. I don't want to hear an excuse if you got paid. No, 
I mean, he you took the paid, fight. Man, you're a fighter. He took the fight. It's he like, took the it, fight for the money is what he was saying. Like he had to take the fight for the money. There uh, wasn't okay. anything he could turn down. That, 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 then, then go out there, knock some people out, and come back and then and, and demand a rematch. And, and that's fine. I don't, and, and I don't that's think... What you, like, if that's what happens, that's great. But if it's not, it just goes on the line, the things that he's consistently done. Andre Ward spoke on this when he was on the Joe Rogan podcast. And I'm just going to reiterate what Andre Ward said. Every time anything goes wrong to Sergey Kovalev's life, Sergey Kovalev has an excuse. I agree with you. He's full of he's full of excuses. I just don't that's mind. Why, the that's why I'm not here for it. That's what I'm I saying. don't I don't mind the transparency. I don't mind hearing him say that. I get it. You I know, get it. I feel you. I feel you. I, I, I don't care for excuses after every single loss, but you know, am I interested to hear his take on the fight and how it went? Yeah. I'm a boxing fan. I like that type of shit. I like behind the scenes. So if he wants to give people a level of transparency, whether we feel it's an excuse or not. I mean, it's not like he's saying Canelo's trash and he couldn't beat me. He's just saying, I think I lost. I don't think I was in the best position to win because it was a quick turnaround for an older man. I get it. That that makes sense, man. But look, speaking of older men, we got a dinosaur fighting this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Bruh, I'm not. I, I am not partaking in these jokes. Ah! Everybody has them. And it's like, <laughs> it's so problematic. I'm like, bro, we just can't do that to everybody from Cuba. Hey, yo, we don't know how old these dudes are, man. But, but and we, are, we, we don't know how old he is. And he and we already know he's at least 40. So look. We, but he's great though. Luis Ortiz is in a rematch again the, against the great bronze bomber Deontay Wilder. This is a rematch. Deontay Wilder knocked out Luis Ortiz for his only loss in his career. That was his, um, well, actually a couple fights ago, but that was in the tenth round of their matchup. Um, this is for the March WBC. of 2018, I believe it was. Yep, March 2018, and this again is the rematch. This is going to be in the MGM Grand Garden Arena. Las Vegas, Nevada, amazing boxing backdrop. It should be a great night, man. What you think? How you feel like it's going to be? Everything looks, feels, points to another Deontay Wilder knockout. You know, whether it's from Ortiz getting a year and a half older, whether it's from Wilder still looking like he is improving fight by fight, whether it's the fact that Luis Ortiz gave his best effort in the first fight and didn't even take Wilder off his feet, yet suffered three knockdowns at the hands of Wilder. Everything just points to the fact that Luis Ortiz is not as good as Deontay Wilder, especially at this point in his career at 40 years old. So, I mean, is he I'm, going, I'm, I'm, is I'm, he? I'm, I'm going Do to you go. Know? Everybody else sure? and say it's Have going to be. Have you seen the birth certificate? No, I, I, I that I, motherfucker I, like 142. He look, you know, he hasn't proved his physique, so he don't look as old as he looked <laughs> go, come, going into training. Like when they first announced it, and Luis Ortiz stepped in the ring, he looked old, bro. He <laughs> looked old. However, you know, he's gotten himself into shape working with now. a working with a you know a really good trainer who's well known um, in boxing circles. So Caleb I'm sorry, strength, uh, strength, strength, strength and conditioning. Yeah, he's um, a Caleb Plant as well as um, Sean, Sean Porter, Porter, strength and conditioning coach. So you know, he seems to have gotten himself in shape. I mean, not like he looked that bad the first fight. I look back at some footage and people are comparing his physique now and then. Maybe he looks a little bit bad. a little bit better. It's, not, but, it's I mean, not that big of a difference. It's not like yeah, people are making the biggest deal in the world. Whatever. Um, 
However, that you know, that being said, I fully expect Wilder to win. But, you know, this is boxing. These are the heavyweights. And this is the theater of the unexpected. And this is the year of upsets. We've seen it happen on multiple occasions. So we know not to write a guy like Luis Ortiz off. However, this is a rematch. It's not like the first time we're, we're seeing these guys against each other. Luis Ortiz has not looked amazing in the fight since Deontay Wilder. Whereas Deontay Wilder is coming off of an, an amazing performance in his first round knockout of uh, Brazil. So I, I'm, I'm sticking with Wilder here. You know, I, I know boxing too well to not get too tied up, tied up in this. And, you know, we come back here next week, we talk about upset and I look like an asshole. However, I'm sticking with my guy, the bronze bomber, Deontay Wilder. And let me say about Deontay Wilder, watching him this fight week from, you know, his arrival to his interviews. Deontay Wilder is a finished Al Heyman product. Like, he took everything and <laughs> yeah, made right. it work for him. You know, he came along slow in the beginning. We, You know, a couple years ago, it, it's, bro, it's not that long ago that we were saying, bro, who has he fought? Well, Al's taking care of that. Take you know, care. he isn't the best speaker. You know, he, he, he speaks with that Southern drawl down there from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Well, he's found his confidence. He's found his swag. That now works for him. Whereas someone like Javante Davis, it isn't working for him yet. But Deontay Wilder has made it work and commercially accepted to be himself, to use that Southern drawl, to maybe not speak as properly as some of the other members of the media. He's made it work and it's helped him build his brand. And as I look at this fight week and the build and, you know, him pull up with no shirt under the full, under the fur coat with his chick, I'm just like, bro, this is a this is an Al Heyman masterpiece. He's oh, built the man, man up. He's he, taking these he crazy has. paydays. Al, Al this is Al Heyman at work. Got Al it. Heyman has done an amazing job. Um, but but I'm gonna say this: if I was a betting man, this fight would be really intriguing. If I was a betting man, and I tend to be from time to time. This would be one of those fights that we really be like licking my chops thinking about. We have one of the most nasty southpaws in the history of the heavyweight division. Not only does he have knockout power in both hands, <clears throat> he's a smooth Cuban style boxer. Legit from the factory out there. Straight from Havana. My man is the boogeyman of the division. Nobody wants to fight him. In their first matchup against Deontay Wilder. Let's not forget the seventh round. Yes, a lot of people talk about the fifth round where he got dropped. But he gets back up. And from the seventh, the end of the sixth to around the eighth round. We've never seen Deontay Wilder in more trouble. He believes he ended up gassing out a little bit. If we, like we said, you look at him. Dude looks incredible shape. He's bodied up. He got muscles. He got like a three and a half pack. My man got the hair growing out a little bit. High fade. Dude's definitely feeling himself. And you can tell he has the confidence that he believes he should have won the last fight. 
So what's my prediction for this fight? What do I think is going to happen? I think this is going to be one of the most exciting fights of the year. I think Luis Ortiz is going to start this fight strong. And then I see Deontay Water completely knocking his face off. Deontay Waters have knocked this dude the fuck out. <laughs> Look, I think it's going to be tough. I love Luis Ortiz. And if you are a betting man, you probably should put your money on Luis Ortiz. But I think Deontay Water is going to be too much. I think he's going to be too fast. I think people don't give Deontay Wilder enough credit for being a smart fighter who makes adjustments. He's already been in there with him. He knows what to expect. Like you said, you said it perfectly. Luis Ortiz gave him his best shot and didn't even get Wilder off his feet. Deontay Wilder, not at his best, ended up dropping him twice the last time putting him away. Fam. Three, three times. Three times. You're right. Three times. Dropped him twice the, last, the third time, put him out. This fight, I say, does not get past the third round. Yeah, I mean, the feeling out process is definitely going to be shortened, given that it's a rematch. Um, I, I do see it ending in a knockout for Deontay Wilder. And, you know, I see it happening within five or six rounds. Now, I'll say, as I'm thinking today, you know, what am I going to do for the fight this weekend? You know, who am I going to watch it with? Who do I feel like being around? And for the first time... In a good while, or I guess in September, I was like, what is pay-per-view? <laughs> what is paying for pay-per-view? And that added a whole level of complexity that I just had not considered. Yeah, absolutely, man. Look, it, it's interesting. I, I, I'm interested to see the numbers, who's going to end up buying this pay-per-view, because it is a pay-per-view that's going to be on Fox. It's a PVC pay-per-view. Um, I'm surprised that it's not on Showtime. I'm surprised Showtime didn't get the nod. Uh, but regardless, look, I'm going to be here for it. It is going to be a huge event. Um, this it ha- this is for all the marbles. The winner of this fight um, moves on. Deontay Wilder wants that big matchup with the lineal heavyweight champion Tyson Fury, um, who honestly, since their fight, has not looked as good. Um, but we will see what ends up happening. Um, I cannot wait for this fight this weekend. Brandon, um, guru, my guy, is there anything else in particular about this matchup or anything else in the world of boxing you would like to touch on? Yes and yes. Um, for one, the the EVP and head of programming for Fox did an interview on the Chris Mannix podcast. Okay. Uh, and Chris, I, I think, you know, outside of ourselves, I do believe that Chris Mannix has the best boxing podcast. I'm a big fan. He has uh, he was, he, I, I generally enjoy Chris Mannix's show. I tend to watch, listen to it every Monday. He was really, really pushing him because he was definitely getting some of those odd questions and Chris Mannix was pushing him. However, to, to that point, don't want to dwell here. Fox will be getting the bigger events going forward. I think Showtime will be used for some of the newer, newer guys, but pay-per-view, I think, will be Fox from here on out, um, according, according to what he said. Hey, man, we'll see what ends up happening. I'm interested to see how that ends up growing. Uh, what so, else you got? Uh, Lomachenko. Ah, you're right. Gotcha. Uh, so uh, I actually brought this up uh, to you in a past conversation, and it was interesting. Uh, Lomachenko, who is now the number two ranked pound-for-pound guy in the world behind Canelo Alvarez, kind of threw some spice at Canelo. And what thing he ended up saying was that Canelo is number one right now, but essentially the fact that he's out there not fighting, he, he's picking, he pretty much he's, he's cherry-picking. 
He's picking his fights. He's giving himself the best matchups, and he's not fighting the dogs, essentially, that Lomachenko is fighting. Um, when I heard this, I have to admit, yo, yes, he he's he's right. But um, here, before I get into my point really quick, how do you feel? I mean, it's Lomachenko, and he has done nothing but good since entering the boxing world. From, you know, stepping up his level of competition pretty immediately to, you know, being consistent and having amazing performances with top-level competition. No one is going to debate that, and no one should debate that. However, I do not agree with his stance here. Uh, Canelo fought is just coming off of a stretch where he fought Triple G twice and Danny Jacobs. Right. I think the only fight in between there was a soft touch, first fight with his own, with Rocky Fielding. However, that was a pretty intense stretch for for Canelo. Why would Canelo go up two weight classes and then take on Better Biev? Or take take on uh, what, what's the what's the other guy I'm forgetting his name? Bivol. Why would he go up there and take on some of the, the top guys in that division? It's not like Kovalev isn't a champion. He's still a champion. He's still a tough out, as we saw for Canelo. It was not an easy fight. Uh, okay. If he's going to take on some of the top guys, then he should probably wait to settle into that into that weight class. But Kovalev was still a top-level fighter, two weight classes above Canelo, right. who was a few it. years ago fighting at 147. Right. This was an impressive win. I don't think Lomachenko has much to stand on here. I hear him. I get it. But when you're the top dog, someone always has something to say. And right now, Canelo is the top dog. Your turn. My bad. All right. So check it out, man. I, I think I've already said on this show, the greatest combat sports and culture show in the universe, that, look, man, I already had Canelo at number one. But I understand thoroughly where Lomachenko's coming from. Look, Canelo being that he's the biggest name in the sport, he has an opportunity to essentially cherry pick. We've both acknowledged that his one loss on his record should probably be, be closer to four or five. Let's just keep it a buck. Wait, what? He should at least have three losses on his record. You talking about Canelo? Canelo. I thought you were talking about Loma. Gotcha. No, no, Canelo. And, I, and I'm coming from Loma's point of view. So you're going to get the nod just off the top of my head. Lada beat him. Triple G had him the first time. That right there is two more losses. Career trajectory totally different. Um, we could argue Cotto. There's some other ones in there I can't think of. Right, Austin Trout. Um, there, there's a couple of them. If you're Lomachenko, you're looking at it like, dog, from the beginning, I've been fighting championship caliber guys. I fought the best that has been available to me. And at the end of the day, I'm still fighting the best competition, even though you might have the bigger names. So with that being said, yeah, I'm with I'm with Loma on this one, even though I do have Canelo as my number one. Riddle me this. Does it matter that Canelo has more dance partners that are relevant than Lomachenko? Like I just said that I said because he has names that motherfuckers know. Okay, I, I, I missed that part. So I, I mean, and I think that matters because it, it creates events. Yeah, and Loma I, mean, Chango- I get it. And then, but but I, what I'm saying is I get where Loma's coming from, and yeah. I and I'm with him 100 percent on how he feels about it and his feeling of a claim to a number one spot. Like I I, I get him. I'm with him in that in that, in that regard. But do you feel like Canelo is cherry picking because he fought Kovalev out of his prime? Yes. 
Yes, but I don't see a problem with that, though. Because he's chasing greatness. And that was the easiest way. I mean, let's be honest. What, what's the point of fighting? The point of fighting can, is making the most money I possibly can and take the least amount of damage. Can you chase greatness and cherry pick at the same time? Yes. I, I, I Mayweather did it every time he fought. I, I don't. I don't think Mayweather was a cherry picker like everyone claims Mayweather was a cherry picker. Because anything Mayweather did, someone has a problem with. We're not talking about Pretty Boy Floyd. We're talking about Money Mayweather. Money Mayweather was absolutely a cherry picker. His 50th fight, he fought somebody who had zero professional boxing fights. He fought Conor fucking McGregor. He was. Is that not a cherry picking? His last fight that wasn't sanctioned, he flew to fucking Japan and he fought a dude who was like 120 pounds and took a couple million dollars. Is that not cherry picking? Do I must I give you another example? You cannot use those two. Why not? Because the, not one is, the one in Japan was, a, was an ex- exhibition, and the the one against McGregor was after his career was over. Does that fight not count on his record? Does yeah, did, it, count. Did it, it not definitely counts want, on his record. Did he not want? Wasn't fifty and zero the big deal? The money was the big deal. We both know that fifty and zero was definitely a plus. Is, but is I mean, that, the cash he was getting was a big deal. Is that not cherry picking? I don't consider those fights part of his career. But you have to. They're on his record. If they're on his record, they're a part of his career. If you want to say that Mayweather was cherry picker. Are they on his record or not? Tell me that he fought Mosley too late, that he fought Pacquiao too late, that he fought Canelo too young. Those are arguments that I will entertain. But McGregor and and Pension, I'm not trying to hear that, bro. Cherry pick, cherry pick, cherry pick. He was very strategic in the way he did it. I'm not mad at it, but it's just the reality. Mayweather was trying to fight Pacquiao like three years before I'm 2015. I'm saying he wasn't. But you cannot discount the other 15 examples I gave you. What? 15 examples? Okay, I'm sorry. It was more like six. What? What's the... I'm, I'm not... Conor t- Tension's McGregor. not, t- not on his record. And that, and that was Conor more McGregor. of a... a, a I'll give it, I'll, I'll list them off. I'll list them off. And I know I got, we got to go soon, but I'll, I'll list them off. Conor McGregor's cherry picking, right? Yes or no? Okay, I'll take no, that as a yes. No, no, no. Conor McGregor was not cherry picking. Canelo Alvarez, knowing he's too young, knowing he's not the right way, at 21 years old. Is that not cherry picking? No. Okay, I got him. <laughs> Making Miguel Cotto come down to a weight class that. No, that was Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, he went up to 154. Yeah, that was Manny Pacquiao. That's fine. Fighting, um, what's his fuck the first time? And uh, the second uh, time. Maidana? Yes. That wasn't a cherry pick. All right. How, how was okay. Maidana cherry picking? Okay, no, no. Continue. No, that's fine. That's fine. I'm fine. Go ahead. I, I'm, to me, I, I'm not considering McGregor and you, Tension you're, you're, part of his you're career. You're not making sense, but that's fine. How am I not making sense? Is that fight not a part of his career? I'm not... In this argument and saying that Mayweather was a cherry picker, I don't consider it part of part of that argument because Mayweather was retired, came out to put on an event, make a bunch of money. Yes, it's on his record. But that when I talk about cher- cherry picking, we're not talking about these guys in boxing today. Or Dude, that's all I'm saying. All I'm saying. And, and this is the last thing I'll say about it. All I'm saying is this. There is no difference about what Floyd Mayweather was doing there 
that he's that Canelo's doing now with Kovalev. And I don't have an issue with it. I understand it. It's part of the game. That's are you it. putting what what Mayweather did with McGregor in the same realm as what you don't listen. Canelo Canelo you don't did listen. with That's the problem. That's the same realm. I understand. It. I'm, I'm asking you. It's a question. How, how no, I because I said what he has done in his career. I understand not just that one, the back half of his career, and what what Canelo is currently doing now is one of the same. And I don't have an issue with it. Is it cherry picking? Are there extremely favorable matchups? Are you fighting the toughest possible guy at the right moment? No. Are you moving things around? Are you playing chess and not checkers? Dude, I'm not mad at it. Like, yes, would I like to see some of these other fights happen quicker? Would I like to see Canelo fight better BF as opposed to seeing Canelo fight Sergey Kovalev? Absolutely, because I think better BF is the better guy. So I want to see him fight the best. But if he's going up there for his legacy and getting these wins and knocking out guys who he should beat, then I'm not mad at it. I get it. It's part of the game. That's it. I'm, I'm fine with that. I understand the politics of boxing. That's, that's all good. I don't see an issue with that. I just don't believe Canelo's cherry picking. I feel like, yes, he fought the weakest champ at 175, but it was okay. still a tough, big matchup for him. Two weight classes against a title holder. Okay. I, don't, I don't think Canelo's cherry, cherry picking. He is, you know, picking names that are going to bring something to the fight. But cherry picking, I believe, is a stretch for a, a guy that just came off of, like I said, those two Triple G and Danny Jacobs fights. All right, Triple so G. We're, th- you're, okay, so you're arguing with me about this point about Canelo when you already know that I think Canelo is the number one guy in the world. I'm just saying I agree with Lomachenko as a competitor's point of view. And I can see how he could feel that that is cherry picking. And I am saying that even though I get where he is coming from, on the other side of it, I look at it. And I'm like, yeah, even though I, I understand that, yes, he is cherry picking with certain things. He's, he's make, giving himself the most favorable matchups. But I don't give a fuck. I still think this guy is the best guy in the world. Is that not been my stance for however many episodes we've done together? Yeah, and that's fair. I'll, t- I'll, I'll concede that if that's going to be your stance because I'm not arguing anything different. All right. There it is, man. Well, yo, always fun, my guy. Always, man. I'm excited, excited oh, for this weekend. I will be, I will be FaceTiming you when uh, Ortiz gets his face knocked off, and let's knock on wood. I can't be the one to jinx that, but you know, uh, definitely fa- FaceTime you as soon as that knockout happens. Either way it goes, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to an event this weekend. But yeah, your boy, the Guru, signing off. There it is, man. Brandon Camille B at Bcam13. Uh, at Bcam thinks on Twitter. B, I appreciate you, brother. Oh, appreciate you having me. See you soon. Yes, sir. Peace out. All right, there it is, man. That was my conversation with Brandon Bcam Camille. Always a pleasure having him on the show. Yo, this weekend should be incredible. Um, this heavyweight fight is, even though we are going to go ahead and we all have picked um, Deontay Wilder to win, I thoroughly expect Luis Ortiz to be the savvy vet that he always is and always has been. So I cannot wait to see this fight. Also, if you haven't had... 
had an opportunity to check it out already, DAZN just dropped an incredible docu-series done by Sylvester Stallone called One Night. Look, I've crushed them in the past. Their production value has been due to a lot of times, but I'm going to be honest with you. Some of the things that they have done with Uninterrupted, that's Mav Carter, LeBron James, and those boys, and also now what they've done with this little docu-series, this 40-minute docu-series about the fight with Andy Ruiz against Anthony Joshua, that first fight, it's amazing. It feels like Rocky. And I hate to sound cliche, but it does. It really does, man. And it's an incredible, incredible thing to watch. If you have an opportunity, check it out. It is actually, and look, this isn't a plug. They don't give me anything. I just think it's dope. And I think if you guys enjoy the the art and the drama of combat sports, I really believe you'll enjoy that, man. So check that out if you guys get a chance. But look, that's about all the time we have for today, man. Love you guys. Always a pleasure of joining us on the greatest combat sports and culture show in the universe, the Fight Podcast. This has been episode 165. As always, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for participating. Uh, thank you to my guest, Brandon Camille, for joining me once again. Also, Sage Eats, our sponsors, thank them so much. Sage Eat, Chicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 10% off your first three months. Make sure to follow The Fight Podcast everywhere on all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast. Follow me at Serge Vicente. You know it's the underground king, man. So as always, I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the greatest combat sports and culture show in the universe, The Fight Podcast. This has been episode 165. I am Serge Vicente. Deuces! Deuces!